Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Hey, this is the Truth Lies Shenanigans podcast. It's been a whole week, but I know you didn't miss us too much because Olivia Ian Giannani Storm killed it on TLS Unscripted on our old Wednesday time slot. Hopefully you did get a chance to check them out. They are a blast. My name is Neil Nix. I'd like to wish all the wonderful mothers and all those that simply want to be mothers a happy Mother's Day. We have a great show for you. Gianni is telling us about Puerto Rico's gender violence epidemic. Robbie is mad about another new abortion law forcing motherhood on rape victims. Lizzie is going to discuss the Washingtonian Magazine CEO publicly shaming employees for teleworking. And I'm wondering if white children also need counseling in the wake of all the race issues in the country. And of course, we'll have our quick fire and shenanigans game show. But before we get into the show, I always need to introduce you to our amazing hosts, our English professor, editor, journalist, and sports savant out of Washington, D.C., Miss Lizzie Enders. What's up? What's up, everyone? Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, grandmothers, godmothers, like Neo said, the wannabe mothers. Hope you all are celebrating fine and fabulously today. Um, it's going to be a fun show. We're still going to do our Sunday fun day, but we also just really want to extend a shout out to all the mothers out there. Absolutely. All right. Our comic book, anime, and chainsaw enthusiast. Oh, and he's also <laughs> a bona fide rock star with a rock band following machine coming to you from Sudbury, Ontario. Mr. Rob B. Rob. Uh, what's up? What's up, everyone? Happy Sunday fun day. It's um, like Liz was saying, uh, happy Mother's Day to everybody. And I'd like to include a lot of the single dads that are out there that are rocking it, doing both jobs. Happy Mother's Day to you. Also, I want to make sure that mm -hmm. they're included. Wonderful. All right, and coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, a youthful college student model, actress, Miss uh, Hazel Va No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Co-host of TLS Unscripted, Miss Chiani Storm. Hey, guys. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers. Um, happy Mother's Day to all of the people that are missing their mothers. And yeah, it's just celebration. It's just love in the air. I felt that from waking up. It was just a beautiful day. So, yeah, for those that don't know, Hazel Valentine is Gianni's uh, alter ego <laughs> in a production <laughs> that she's working on, actually. So Yes. All right. Can't wait. So, yeah, so uh, how was TLS Unscripted? Uh, you want to know Wednesday. How was it for you? It was different, um, but it, it almost seemed like there, was, there were more activities, like there was a lot more engagement. Um, it was fun. I like the Wednesday night slot. All right. 
Let's take a quick look at your uh, mayo chuck challenge. Mayo chuck. Yep, there you go. Let's see. Smells disgusting. 160 <laughs> calories for two tablespoons. This is a whole cheeseburger. <laughs> Yanni, I hate mayonnaise, but I'm going to try it with you. We're going to see what happens. We're pairing it with Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Yes. Okay, I broke mine up into little fours. So should we taste our spicy chicken sandwich by itself first? Yes. Okay. It better be spicy. It's basic. It's not spicy. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of dry. So this or Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A, what? Uh, <laughs> so we're going to like really do it? No, let me see. Hold on. I got to see how, how to gauge mine. Yeah. Ew, okay. Uh. <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm. That joint was nasty. Was it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I wish I would have poured more orange juice. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, I would have more orange juice. <laughs> I love orange. <laughs> so you guys having fun. So good. It's good to see you guys having fun. Yeah. All right. So don't forget Wednesday nights. Check them out. All right. Let's get into our quick fire question. All right. So a video of a gas station clerk in Louisiana crushing a wine bottle against a customer's head went viral this week. Apparently, the customer was told to count, his, count out his money. The customer got mad, punched the plexiglass, and the clerk immediately runs from behind the desk, slamming the bottle against his head. What are your thoughts on this craziness? Let's start with Gianni. Um, he would have been a great pitcher. I don't know. <laughs> a great pitcher. Uh. <laughs> Robbie? <laughs> Taking care of business, bedrock style. <laughs> bedrock. Lizzie. We can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. All I know is all I know is that, that shit had to hurt because uh, it wasn't one of those breakaway bottles they use in the movies. They, they might need to check on him for CTE in a little bit because he had to yeah, have Yeah, you saw the way he stumbled. Oh that, that looked oh, like. God. And truth be told, I mean, I know this probably gets into what your next question is, Neo, but if he had killed him, he would be charged with murder. Probably second degree Manslaughter. Murder. Mm. Um, so, well, yeah, not murder, yeah. I'm thinking murder. I'm thinking murder because he was behind the plexiglass. Like, technically, he had to he make a decision. He, was not, he had to pick up the, the wine bottle and move himself from behind the plexiglass to get to this young man who was not in, in any immediate danger towards him. Um, so he would have been charged for sure. Yeah. There's arrested. a lot of context missing from that snippet. There's a lot of context missing. We just see the escalation yeah. into an actual event. We don't know anything that led up prior to that. So, it, so doesn't really... do any of us think he was justified at all? Any of I us? do not think he was justified. For hitting someone over the head, with a wine bottle who was not posing an immediate threat to you no not at all that would be the equivalent of because you know if you get in the cab and if someone hits the partition in the cab that would be the equivalent of a cab driver coming out and hitting the person in the back seat like there was no immediate threat now if that young man had attempted to go behind the Plexiglass. I don't know why I can't think of plexiglass today. If he had attempted to go behind the plexiglass, or if he had pulled something from his person that showed that he was going to be even more of a threat, then yeah, I would have been like, okay, hold your own. But he looked like he was walking away. 
So, no, I don't think he was justified. Not for from the video. I don't think he was. I don't think he was justified. Yeah, from that from and we're the video show. It's different. It, there's a difference between a punch. If he had just punched the young man, versus oh, yeah, a line bottle. I feel you. I mean, that's a weapon. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I've, wine bottles are hard. Like, like I've dropped wine bottles and, and it broke my Heavy. floor. It, did, it didn't break the wine bottle. It broke my floor. So, <laughs> Heavy, wine yeah. bottles hurt. And, and the first hit, I mean, it was boop. You know, it, that had to be the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> oh hell yeah! So. I don't know about justified. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess he could claim fear for his life or something, or maybe he was protecting. I don't know because he mm-hmm. maybe caused damage to the store. I don't know. He, he might have an argument for justification, but and that's personally the taken out of context. It looks a little extreme. I like from the context that's presented. It definitely looks extreme. But anything leading up to it, we're completely in the dark. Or he could have been threatening him. But that's exactly. not the question, though. The question is, based on what we saw, is, it is he justified? I mean, based no. on what we saw, I'm going to go with opinion. unjustified, I, and I, he probably I, could get mad. He was arrested, by the way. And given, you know, the, how happy the guy who was recording um, the whole incident seemed to be, you know, he was laughing in jest, in jest. I think if it had been um, a bigger situation, a more confrontational situation, he would have started recording earlier than that. He seemed to mm-hmm. start recording when it escalated. That's true. Um, before, before he even hit the plexiglass. So, yeah. Based on what I saw, yeah. it was not justified. Not justified. All right. So, so me and Robbie are iffy. <laughs> we, me and Robbie might be iffy on it, but <laughs> I feel you. Know, All right. Robbie and, and Neo, they sensitive. They ain't got no hair, so he's going right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it lands. It lands quickly. <laughs> All right. So if you've never been to TLS before, let me tell you a bit about us. Each week, our hosts bring us topics in the news they want to discuss. That host will tell everybody what's going on, and our lovely panel will chat about it, sharing their unique points of view on the issue. Until we see our friend Genji. And that's when we know it's time to hear from you. And we'll take your online questions and comments. Then at the very end, we'll check with the panel and see if they think this was truth, lies, or shenanigans. What's that, Lizzie? Twerking for Genji. Twerking for Genji. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my wife just bought twerking classes to Posh, so, you know. Posh, that fit. Shameless plug, posh.fit, shameless plug. All right, and for our podcast listeners on Apple Podcasts, don't forget you can join in the conversation live every Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern. We stream on all major platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok. Uh, Find us at TLS Live Show or TLSshow.com. All right, let's get to it. Truth, lies, shenanigans. All right, let's start off with Gianni today since it's Mother's Day. Gianni, they are killing mothers in Puerto Rico. Tell us, mothers and yes. daughters, and daughters. Mothers and daughters. Tell us what's going on. Sisters. What's going on? Yes. So recently there's been um, an influx in women murders. Women murders. Can I say that right? Female yeah. murders. Um, called, yeah, female murders. Called femicides in Puerto Rico. Um, hundreds in the island of Puerto Rico are mourning the death of a woman named Kishla 
Ortiz and a 27-year-old woman who was killed by um, the father of her child while she was pregnant. Um, the federal grand jury indicted Puerto Rican boxer Felix Sanchez um, in her killing. The, new, the news actually came after another killing for, of a woman named Andrea Kosas, who was 34, 34 years old, and she was killed by her partner. Um, her body was found partially burned a month after she had sought a protective order against the man she had dated for eight. So this year alone, there has been at least 21 femicides since 2010 in Puerto Rico. More than 150 women have been killed by their intimate partners. Um, and last year, six transgender women were murdered, the highest number in any U.S. state or territory. So the murders of Andrea and Isla have led to yet another wave of the country with Puerto Ricans demanding that the government do something, anything to protect women. But there's no simple fix. Um, the, the epidemic isn't ending anytime soon. So this is like a, basically it's a multifaceted issue at this point. Um, my question to the panel is, what could the slew of female related murders in Puerto Rico be linked to? What could it be linked to? Yeah. Like, what could be the cause of, 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 yeah. Right. Let's start with uh, Robbie. Yeah. Okay. Um, so thank you for sharing this story because I had no idea that this was going on in Puerto Rico, Johnny. Um, and as I was reading up on it and just brushing up so I could be ready for this, one of the things that really stuck out at me was the prevalence of machismo or machista, as it was referred to in uh, the article which is just, I mean, machoism, it's toxic masculinity. And when values like that are embraced culturally, it can breed very toxic individuals uh, who feel justified in treating women however they want, because that's the manly thing to do. Um, I think that that's definitely a factor, in, but why we're seeing such a spike in I think in the article you referred to as far back as 2018, that there's been like a real increase in femicide. Um, so, I mean, poverty, socioeconomic factors always come into play in this last year with the COVID pandemic. Uh, I mean, even some of the most well-adjusted people I know don't have their heads on right uh, at this time. So I would imagine someone who is suffering who doesn't have the supports from state or society as they, they require, it's, uh, it breeds a very dangerous environment for women, especially when, like I was saying, if it's culturally acceptable, that's a big part of the issue. All right. What are your thoughts, Lizzie? Why does it look like the camera's off this Um. I think that in addition to this being something, you know, that has become an outbreak, if you will, on the island of Puerto Rico, um, it's Puerto Rico is a part of the United States, so it's a national problem, um, but it's also an international problem. It's a worldwide problem. Um, women all over the world are dying at the hands of their male partners, at the hands of men. Um, and so I don't know, like Gianni said, I don't know. I don't think that there is a quick fix for this. There still is a lack of respect for women in this world. There is this idea that women are still considered chattel, 
still in some respects considered property, especially if you're talking about a woman who's in um, an intimate or domestic relationship with another male. And so um, I'm not surprised by these numbers. I'm surprised that they're calling it something else. I mean, because normally we just consider it or hear the term um, domestic violence or murder. Um, but it, it's a real problem. And I think what a lot of people need to realize and understand is that, you know, there are a lot of opinions about women who are in abusive relationships, who were in relationships where they are being physically beaten or intimidated by their partners. And um, one of the things that people don't consider is that they are more likely to be um, attacked and or killed when they try to get away. Like a lot of people always ask the question, why didn't she leave? Why didn't she stay? X, Y, Z. They're more likely to be killed when they leave, when they are trying to get away. Mm -hmm. That's why there are shelters. That's why, you know, there are places, safe places, safe havens for them to try to get away so that um, their partners can't get to them. Um, but this is a huge problem. This is a huge problem. And a one that I don't necessarily know how we even begin to address, except for, um, I guess, at the adolescent level in teaching young men to get a rein on their emotions, to teaching young men that women, they are not owed anything by women, teaching young men that people are allowed to say no to them. Um, but other than that, in terms of law enforcement, that's, that's a tricky question. That's a tricky question. I don't know how um, we would even begin to address that. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are, so I, I had to look up machismo and what it, what it was, similar to Robbie, and, and it says the origin of machismo can be traced back. Um, the reason I looked it up, because I wanted to know where it came from, you know, because it is somewhat cultural. Um, but, you know, I, I'll get to my point on this. So, the origin of machismo can be traced back to pre-Columbian times and has been influenced by both indigenous and European forms of masculinity, along with its, associ along with its association with sexual flair, machismo has come to represent male dominance. Now, it, it's considered a cultural thing, machismo and, and the Latino cultures, they tend to attack women. But as Lizzie said, that is not relegated to Latino culture. That's a, like a worldwide right. thing. I mean, it happens in African mm -hmm. cultures. It happens in European cultures. Um, it literally happens in all, it happens in the U.S. Um, I mean, of course, U.S. My friend right now. <laughs> um, U.S. works yes. as a melting pot, supposedly. But um, so, of course, it's, it's, it comes from all over. But it is a worldwide problem. I mean, I was surprised that this was happening in Puerto Rico the way it has. I mean, Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States. So not that that makes a huge difference, but it should be um, should be a difference. We're not talking about uh, somewhere in South America or somewhere uh, in Mexico. I know we hear about it in Mexico a lot. We're talking about the United, this happening in the United States. Um, and it's not even really taken that seriously. And by it's not. That's a problem. Law enforcement, or by even by adults, um, yeah. even in the mainland, even you know, in the fifty states here, 
Um, so I'm not I'm not shocked that it's happening um, in Puerto Rico. I mean, it it happens a lot in Mexico. It happens a lot in Central America. Um, it, it's it's seriously a worldwide problem. Worse in some areas of the world than in others, um, because in some areas of the world, in areas of the world, certain um, violence against women is legal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's 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 a huge problem. Um, I'm glad that you know one we're talking about this you know, and that this story is being brought to the front page as it relates to. Um, being on the island of Puerto Rico, but it's one of those things, even within families that, you know, if you think about it, you think about that person that you may suspect be in a domestic violence situation, maybe being abused. It's something that nobody talks about. It's taboo. It's quiet. It's hush-hush. And so that's one of the reasons why it's allowed to go on for so long. Yeah. So, Johnny, what are your thoughts? Being a young college student. Um, I think following what you guys said about like machismo and and that kind of like macho behavior, it's it just means kind of like it's like Puerto Rico is basically conservative in a way where the women are expected to choose the right partner, and if they choose a partner that beats them or cheats on them and beats them, then that's their fault, and they have to put up with the consequences. Like you guys said, that happens to a lot of ethnic um, countries, a lot of. A lot of places it's very popular i was just interested in figuring out why specifically is this happening in puerto rico um and i think rob did it i think he made a good point about like the socioeconomic issue where pandemic is happening now maybe the partners are closer together so it's it's easier for things to get volatile i don't know but it's just interesting i'm just shouting out the little beautiful island of Puerto Rico. They've been doing really bad lately. I think Liz mentioned they've had hurricanes and things like that. Just yes. shout out to Puerto Rico. I mean, I like Robbie's point in terms of, um, you know, the fact that right now with the pandemic, they're stuck inside. It, that, that's another worldwide issue that we're not discussing is that domestic violence rates went up drastically with the pandemic. We got stuck inside. Yeah. Domestic, and, and those were underreported. If you consider they yeah. went up and it was underreported how many people were abused within families. Um, now, I, I do want to reiterate that just because it's male on female violence, that female on male violence doesn't happen is not true. It does happen. So, but yeah. overall, the domestic violence rates went up. I mean, that's, that's something that we're not even really talking about. It was discussed, but it's not really talked about. Not really talked about. I, I, yeah. Agreed. That goes back to my point. Like we weren't talking about it a lot um, before the pandemic. Yeah. So why would we expect the government or law enforcement or um, people within families to talk about it? You know, post pandemic. Again, it's it's something that is swept under the rug. Um, I have several friends um, who, over you know, the course of my adult life, who have been in domestic violence relationships. I tell my students all the time. I, I teach freshman students at Howard. I teach high school students with the school of the New York Times. And I tell my students, a lot of this behavior starts when you're a teenager. It starts yeah. in teenage relationships, carries over into college, and then carries over into adulthood. And so it's something that no one really wants to discuss, but it's out there. And it is killing a lot of people. 
All right, you know what that means? It's time to get to our comments online. We got, um, <laughs> sorry, I went too far and I saw one of the earlier comments. I'm looking at Jose says, seriously, we need to learn how to twerk. <laughs> Talking about Genji. <laughs> Your comment about twerking. All right. Uh, Olivia says, this woman has been so disrespected, we can, we can create life. Uh, we are powerful beings on Earth. Jacqueline Robinson says, machismo is definitely a factor as well as the cultural acceptance of it. Um, no question. Yeah. Uh, Jose, it's never that easy to, to leave the abusive partner. Sadly, easier said than done. Something needs to get done worldwide. That's a very good point. It is hard to, I, you know, there are situations where not only are you dependent on them, but you have children with them, um, with mm -hmm. abusive people, and you're trying to be in the best interest of your kids. Um, there's a lot of different reasons that it's difficult to leave, or somehow sometimes it's just a emotional. Um, you know, if you grew up in an abusive household, it feels right. You know, it's generational. Yeah, it's, it's generational. Just, it, um, it's like you, um, your like, mom getting abused. Mm -hmm. By your mm -hmm. dad, or by an uncle, or by some, her boyfriend, or whatever. It's what you know. You think, it's what you know. You think that's how adult relationships are supposed to play out. It's an expression um, it's, of love. There's also, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's also a level of brainwashing, mm -hmm. and or if you call it Stockholm syndrome, Very good um, where people that's exactly what I was going to say. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. People are, you know, groomed to believe what their abuser is telling them. Again, I have friends who are, have been in these situations and as they were starting to come out and you listen to the, what they've been told, how they've been told to think or see themselves, it, it's like amazing. You just stop and you're like, you can't really believe that, right? But they've been told this over and over and over with a fist to the head, a fist to the body for a number of years. And so that's how they start to see themselves and they think they don't deserve anything better. Yeah, it's a horrible cycle. It's a it horrible a cycle. cycle. Yeah. So Michael says pretty yeah, pretty much the only culture where this kind of violence doesn't exist is the island where Wonder Woman lives. <laughs> Bonus points if anyone on the panel can name the island. It's the the Mac the Mac, um, I forget how to say it. It's, Themyscira. Themyscira. Yeah, Themyscira. Oh, I would have never. <laughs> I just never I, I could never I pronounce it. it. I know what it, I I know what I see when it but. <laughs> All right. Um, so Olivia says, and sometimes it happens. Let's see. It's so sad that sometimes women wants and desires to be submissive, but is abused when they are taken advantage of, abused and bullied. And sometimes it happens out of uh, the. I don't know. What blue, blue is uh, out of the blue. Okay, and just once, and never happens to them as a teenager, or any other relationship. They're sometimes crazy. Uh, about uh, hi and they hide themselves. <laughs> and Mike said y'all's nerds showed out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for the topic, Gianni Storm. That was definitely a good topic. All right, let's get into our next hot topic. Truth, lies, shenanigans. All right, Rob, you got one that pissed me off. Another anti-abortion law, but this one is for rape victims. Tell us what's going on. What's happening, Rob? All right, so 
more shenanigans in Texas. Um, so like other states have done, Texas wants to outlaw all abortions at as soon as a fetal heartbeat can be detected. So that usually occurs around six weeks, and that's typically two, only two weeks after a woman misses her first period and before she even really knows that she's pregnant. So the new law would basically work as a near total ban on abortion that makes no exceptions for rape or incest. Um, in some cases, doctors who need to resolve a parent's miscarriage might also be prevented from assisting these people. So in other words, if a Texan becomes pregnant as a result of rape and has provided information about how to obtain an abortion by a rape counselor, the rapist, this is where it blew my mind, the rapist could sue the counselor if the survivor had what the state deems an illegal abortion. So that's after the six weeks. So the rapist could also sue the doctor who provided the abortion and anyone else like a family member who supported the individual in getting the abortion. So I'm putting it out for thoughts and feelings and really should the rapist have any parental rights resulting in a rape-related pregnancy? Liz, I want to hear you, girl. Yeah, I do too. Um, you guys remember that James Brown song, This is a Man's World? Mm. This is where this mm. comes from. Mm. Preach. This is a man's world, you know, where um, we are dealing with men, a patriarchal society in which men get to decide for everyone, not only for themselves, but probably more so for women because we're not deemed as equals, okay? And so not only can, do they decide laws for themselves, but they can come into my body and decide and make decisions about what I should do with my body, how I should do with my body, regardless of the circumstance. And so um, I think it's disgusting. One, it should give you all an indication of which states you should never move to. The first and foremost being Florida, the second being Texas. But it's one of those things where Very it's true. just all control. It's all power. about control, scare tactics, scare tactics, power. Because truth be told, even if abortion isn't legal, it's no longer legal in this country, abortions are not going away. There have been abortions since almost the beginning of time. And so what making it legal does is make it safe for people to have abortions. That they're having abortions with the assistance of a medical doctor who knows what the fuck it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. So someone's not in the back alley. So someone isn't having a hanger up their womb. And so yeah. the idea that, okay. By the way, that's the way they used to do it. Put a hanger up there to... Try to create Dude, a, that's the way it still happens still illegally. Happens, yeah. And this in is why safe countries, yeah. That's why safe Even and legal here. abortions are required. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we need to um think about the idea that this isn't trying to save babies. This isn't trying to save children. Because if that were the case, there would be more legislation, more money put into saving the children who are already here living in poverty and living in domestic violence situations. But this is about power. These are scare tactics. And so now you're going to see if this has this has this passed in Texas. No, it's uh, I proposed. It, I think that they're voting on it on Thursday. 
um, it's, it's one of those things where, okay, you're not, you can't have an abortion in Texas. All right. I'm going to go to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Nebraska. Uh, I'm gonna they go might have to go further because <laughs> I don't think they're doing no, it in Oklahoma I'm... either. Didn't Oklahoma have, but, just pass a, any abortion law? Yeah, I think Oklahoma, we talked about it. Any, Oklahoma already, already passed one. Go to D.C. Go to Maryland. You know, out east, you know, we are a little bit more progressive than the folks down south. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to stop anything. And a lot of people are talking about, you know, the Roe versus Wade case um, that made abortion legal in this country. One, um, if you pay attention to the details of that case, um, Roe never had an abortion. The main figure in that case never had an abortion. She contemplated it, and that's why she started to speak out because she wanted the right to have an abortion, but she never had an abortion. And then after the fact, she was paid a whole bunch of money to retract her views and come out against abortion. Mm-hmm. And then did this documentary about her where they talked about the beginning, the middle, and the end. And at the very end, she kind of gave the finger to everybody and was just like, you know, y'all really think I don't believe in abortions? All right. She got paid a whole bunch of money. She got paid a whole bunch of money. So it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into this topic, but I wouldn't, you know, if if you are in Texas, ladies and gentlemen, because this does affect men too. There are a lot of men out Mm -hmm. there who are pro-choice. If you are living in Texas, you guys need to make your voices heard because it is absolutely ridiculous that someone could be criminally charged because, or a rapist has a right to say whether his rape victim has to have his baby. That is disgusting. That sounds like some Duggar shit, some Duggar family shit, you know? <laughs> some Duggar family. So the, the, <laughs> I know we already talked about Handmaid's Tale and a uh, few of us watch it, but it reminds me of what they were saying on Handmaid's Tale, that this isn't about, you know, this isn't about women's rights because apparently in Handmaid's Tale, the women aren't having babies as often, and so there's some anti, uh, they're trying to prevent um, or keep the human race going by subjugating women and raping women. Um, but what they say ultimately is that this is not about women and having children and things like that. This is all about power, right? And if we talk about Latino machismo, this is American machismo, <laughs> trying to control women. This is trying to control women. That's what this is about. So, you know, I have a question for Lizzie and, and Gianni, though, as women. So, I'm, I, if you, and this, you know, God forbid this ever happened, but if, for example, you were raped, would you consider keeping your... Um, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Gianni, would you consider it? I'm not saying you would or wouldn't, but would you consider it? No. No. Right. So, I, well, I would. Sorry. No, I, I feel that I, I would have to give more thought on it, but immediately thinking about it, I'm, I almost threw up. Like, disgusting. But, yeah, that's, a, that's hard. Now I understand why women. Yeah, this see, is I, hard. That's hard. 
I think a lot of women's first initial thoughts are, hell no, I wouldn't do it. And they're right not to want to do it. So why are we, mm-hmm. why are we trying to control that preemptively? You know, let a woman decide. Let someone right. like Gianni have the option to say, hey, you know, do I want to keep this child or not? You know, because someone, she may feel like Liz feels or she may feel like, hey, I might keep this child. The option's open to me, but at least she has options. Because that's a terrible thing to go through. And then to have a child out of that, how, how's the child ultimately going to, you know, be treated? I mean, because this, in, in, inevitably, there's going to be at least some bad connotations with the child itself. I mean, I, I don't know how you can't psychologically connect the two, the child and, know, and the actual result, you know, what happened and then the result. But, Johnny, what were your... Okay. Oh, go ahead. Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm curious, Johnny's thoughts on Rob's question. Uh, I don't, I mean, not to sound redundant, but it is, it is a form of control. But my thing is, what are they trying to control? Like, what exactly? Because literally, like, listen, you could go to a different state. They can go to North Carolina. They can go anywhere else to receive abortions if, if, if they have to, by any means. Now. But I don't get the form of control. I don't, I don't. Is it just like this big patriarchy versus like women? Is that what you guys decide for? It's still going down. I mean, that's basically what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, because uh, men can't have children, right? Men can't have children. It's the one thing they can't actually control. Um, They can't physically have children if they wanted to. So if they wanted to have a child right now, if if I wanted to have a child right now, I can't physically do that without a woman. So men want to be able to control that ability to have children. They need to be able to control some men. I'm not all, it's not all men, but hmm. men want, many men want to be able to control that ability. Since it's not inherent within them, they have to control women to make that happen. And that's been throughout history. So when you had kings and everything else and they wanted to have children to continue the throne, it had to be a, a boy, but they had to make sure they controlled the women so that they could have as many children as they want or whatever. It was all, it's all, it's always been about control. Of women. Always. And yeah. so there are groups of people, you know, there's a lot of us that are more progressive and we understand that women are just like men. We, we are individuals. Um, but there are a lot of people who want to perpetuate that control and that power that has been throughout history. It's in, you know, and they use the Bible to do it all the time. Use religion to do it all yep. the time. I think that activists should do something um, since there is a little bit of time. I think Rob, you said like next week they'll be deciding if it if it goes through um, leg- legislation, but I'm not sure if there will be an uprise on it because it's already illegal. But the important but thing I to hope- note is all of these abortion laws are currently illegal in the United States. All of them. They've been passed, but they're oh, okay. illegal because of the Roe versus Wade um, uh, ruling. But what they're trying to do is challenge that ruling. They're trying to bring these laws, pass these laws, take them to court, take them all the way up through the courts to the Supreme Court, where Trump you know, put all these new conservative justices on there, and potentially those conservative justices will rule for these anti-abortion laws. Um, and if that were to happen, then these laws could become legal throughout the United States. Of course, there would be individual states that you know may allow it or disallow it, but 
I mean, going to Maryland, going from Texas to Maryland for a, a 16-year-old who, or 15 or 18-year-old or 20-year-old who barely can afford to go down the street on the bus is not going to be possible. So if somebody, if, if, a, if a young 18-year-old in Houston is trying to have, you know, says, hey, you know, I can't do this or this, I was raped by my father and I don't want to have this kid, you know, they can't. They can't even afford to go to Maryland. They've probably been cut off from their parents at that yeah, point. Right. There's any number of scenarios to make it impossible for them. Yeah. One thing that I often get annoyed with when we talk about um, abortion, abortion laws, pro-life, pro-choice, is that we put it in care in categories. So if you were raped, then you are less likely to be frowned upon if you have abortion versus if you are a 25-year-old woman who, you know, decides at this moment in her life she cannot have a child. Yep. I don't think I, I don't think that there should be any categories. I don't think that there should be any judgment. If I I will be 47 in a month. If I, I meaning if I got pregnant today, that would be a high risk pregnancy. Okay. I'm also type 1 diabetic. That would be a high risk pregnancy affecting my life. If I decide I don't want to have a baby, fuck you for trying to tell me that I should not be able to have that choice. You don't have to live with my choice. You can sit over there on the other side and judge, but you're not the one living with my choice, living with my body and living with the day after, the month after, year after people should be allowed to decide what is happening to their physical being and so i understand that because you know these lawmakers are making it very difficult they like to scare people because again they're putting things into categories but for me at the end of the day it, there is no category i am pro-choice for everybody all day every day and it's none of your business how many abortions i have why I'm having an abortion. I so want to reiterate, I want to reiterate one point. Um, I am anti-abortion. I'm not for abortion. I don't like abortion. I don't like the fact that we use abortion. abortion. Right. I agree with you. Right. So in that sense, I'm anti-abortion. But I am more pro-choice because I believe that we should all be allowed that option. Sure, I believe there should be more education. Um towards avoiding abortion um, in any in many cases so we mm -hmm. should and more resources towards avoiding abortion but um, no you should always still have the option because you don't know people's situations you don't know what happened and, mm -hmm. and we're setting it up so people have to prove right. why they deserve to have an abortion yeah. and again I, even if even if I was a victim of rape and as a result of that, I got pregnant. That's nobody's business. If I don't want to disclose that I was raped, that I was sexually assaulted, I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. That's my business. Put all these lawyer and fees and all that stuff into educating people to... There you go. If you front end load the issue, if you teach proper sex education, you don't try to teach abstinence through forcing your religion because we know that texas is a very christian state mm -hmm. um if you front load the issue then you actually avoid some of those long-term issues also that's um 
It's it's a terrible situation. It, I thank you all for very valid points that you brought, Liz. I think that we can categorize pregnancies: wanted, unwanted, simple, and any of any of the other factors. Who cares? But it's I it, that's what it boils down to. Categorize conception, if you will. Conception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get to our comments and questions online. There are a ton, of course. Expected that with this one because uh, yeah, it pissed me off. So Mike Winter says, "Stay out of women's hoo has." Jose <laughs> <laughs> says, "This is uh, vile and disgusting." Mike Winter, so many of the U.S.'s problems have to do with white men's fragile feelings and downriver effects of those insecurities. Um, Jose agrees with Mike. Uh, Jacqueline, in the Handmaid's Tale, it's the Handmaid's Tale come to life. Mike Pence's wet dream. Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, Olivia says, let her decide and deal with uh, their own fate, whatever that might be, free to make choices. <clears throat> and how do they prove that they were raped? I don't get it. That's what I yeah. shouldn't have to prove. Because we know what happens in rape trials. Yep. It's, yep. The, it's the victim that's put on trial. Yep. She says, does the person have to be convicted yeah. to be considered a rape? Yep. It, it's, it's, Mike Wolf says, when you talk about traveling to another state, you forgot that this option is only available if you have a certain amount of money. Right. Um, yeah. uh, Ephraim says, yes, women are mistreated globally. For example, in India, if a girl had sex before marriage, she would be killed. Honor um, killing. Yeah. Honor killings. Honor. Yeah. They call it family honor. Yep. Uh, this is in India. If a husband, if the, if the wife, the, the, I guess if the husband, I can't read that. Um, she she could be burned alive. It's a crazy world. Um, even and, if it's and not it's crazy rape. because that's that's enacted by any family member. That could be a father, a brother, a cousin, because there's such great dishonor attached to a woman being sex positive. <laughs> sex positive. I know. <laughs> All right, and Jose says, Thanks. "My thoughts. Thanks, Robbie, for bringing this for, this subject forward." Great subject. All right. So what are we calling this? Are we calling this topic truth, lies, or shenanigans? Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I'm going shenanigans. Bullshit. Oh, sorry. We're supposed to add bullshit (laughs) to the category. My bad. All right. Let's get on to the next hot topic. The the next shenanigans. Shenanigans. All right, so this one is coming from Lizzie Enders. Lizzie, the Washingtonian missed a deadline because they're CEO. What's going on? So the CEO of Washingtonian Publication, um, her name is Kathy Merrill, and she printed um, or she had an op-ed of hers published and in that in the Washington Post and in that op-ed, she suggested that employees who choose to continue to work from home after the pandemic ends should be reclassified as contractors and no longer receive full-time benefits. So think about this, because I, I think everyone on the panel, I'm not sure about Rob, but Neil, you're still working from home, correct? That's correct, yes. Rob, are you Plan still to stay that way for a while. What yes, about I you, am. Gianni? You're still at home? Yep. So yep. imagine, and it's a little bit different for Gianni because Gianni is working and going to school. Um, but imagine if your employer said, okay, opening everything up, 
We want you to come back to work. You have to come back to work. And if you choose to work from home, you choose to continue to work remotely, then we're no longer considering you a full-time employee, even though you're working 40 hours a week and we're stripping you of your benefits and you're going to be a contractor. Even if you're, and people should know, even if you, when you are classified as a contractor, you're paid differently. You don't have the yeah. same rights in terms of getting paid automatically like a regular full-time, full-staff employee. You definitely yeah. lose benefits. You're basically a freelancer. Yeah. You okay. Buy your own health insurance. You gotta buy. Yeah. I know we got our Canadians on, but uh, yeah, we have to buy our own health insurance. Everything. If you are part of a union, you have no rights, no protections, nothing. So, what would you do if your CEO, if your boss, came out with an op-ed like this? If your boss was generating this type of rhetoric, saying, "Okay, if you don't come back," then we are not considering you a full-time employee and we're cutting your benefit. There is Rob? Yeah, well, that I, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I really enjoyed uh, your, you bringing this to us because it's such a stark contrast to the story I did on Dan Price a little while ago, where we have a CEO who wants to pay people a living wage. And then we've got this individual, Kathy Merrill, who, the Washingtonian hasn't gone under in the last year. It has survived as a result of everybody's hard work working from home. They helped keep this institution alive and healthy during a global pandemic. So honestly, Kathy Merrill, how dare you treat your staff like this? It's, it's absolutely disgusting. She used a public forum to threaten these people's livelihoods. And I'm glad that they took to social media and conducted a work stoppage because I think that that's the best way to send the message through. It's like, okay, so you rely on us to get news out daily. I'm sorry, you're gonna roll back our benefits. You're going to try to take this away from us while we're still working in the same framework. No, that's, that's God awful. And one of the yeah. more interesting quotes that I pulled from the article from Kathy Merrill was she said, I estimate that about 20% of every office job is outside of one's core responsibilities, the extras. It involves helping a colleague, mentoring more junior people, celebrating someone's birthday, things that drive office culture. If the employee is rarely around to participate in those extras, management has a strong incentive to change their status to contract. So I've been working from home. I still help my colleagues. I continue to mentor my peers and train new staff members. And if celebrating birthdays around the office means better benefits, I would love for the school's social media <laughs> committee to share those dates and I will, I will mail out cards for better benefits. I will go and sing happy <laughs> birthday at homes to just, you know, it's, her reasoning is vapid. It makes no sense whatsoever. And this is just greedy people right. looking after their bottom line. So Kathy Merrill, <laughs> getting the finger everybody oh yeah. from everybody getting the finger <laughs> yeah Not Johnny, what are your thoughts i think that um i don't know i i feel like what was she really arguing for like because she kept saying i kept seeing in the article she kept saying a better um it, it loses the office culture it loses the office culture to stay home um, she tried to like retract her words and things, but what are you, why do you really want them in the office? Because I work for a call center 
um, about two years ago. Oh, no, when was the pandemic? When did the pandemic start? Last year? <laughs> it was last, last March. <laughs> so last March, um, I only worked for them for three months and then we were furloughed because of the pandemic. So I remember seeing their messages or, or their emails saying, oh, sorry about this. We, it, it, nothing personal, blah, 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 but we have to move on and stuff. So I personally felt offended and I only worked there for three months. And so I can understand those employees, how they felt threatened by her words. I would absolutely take that as, oh, are we, are we going to get our benefit stripped at this point? Um, and I just want to know her underlying real issue into like having them back at the office because it's cheaper to have them remote, isn't it? It's like, you don't, Deeper. No it light, is. electricity. Because the individuals are paying for their own internet, paying for their own lights, their own desks. Any, uh, yeah, you're not renting out any you're space. You're not renting space. Right. So yeah. I, don't, I don't understand the, the actual issue, but yeah, she yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> she sucks. Definitely. So the thing with teleworking is teleworking can, be a, can, can work well or it can work poorly. Teleworking is actually the, the success of teleworking is very much dependent on the management, right? And how they manage their individuals. Because if, you, if you're a good manager, you can manage your people from just about anywhere. It doesn't really matter where they're actually physically sitting. If you're a good manager, if you know how to manage people, you can manage from anywhere. Um, so if you're struggling with teleworkers, it's usually a sign that you suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's usually what the sign is. The sign is that you are poor managed. You, you have trouble managing your people. I will tell you, if to answer your question, Lizzie, if I was told tomorrow that, hey, I need to go back into the office or I would lose all of my benefits, I would quit. Or we'd have some serious discussions. Let me put it that way. I like, we'll have some serious discussions. <laughs> I, I might just take them to court or something. But. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I would definitely consider quitting. We would definitely have some conversations and, and yeah, it, it's unlikely that they would do that in my situation, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, no question. I, you, why are you trying to cause issues? I mean, yeah, what is your own employees of... and why would you do it publicly? Why would you do an op-ed in the Washington oh, post? Why not just sit your employees down? <laughs> That's what it speaks to the management part that I was talking about. If you have to do an op-ed to have a conversation with your employees, something is wrong with you. <laughs> I think a lot of people, specifically this particular CEO, isn't really being honest about the teleworking culture. So hmm. I left Illustrated in 2016, right? Mm -hmm. um, but before that, in all of 2016, 2015, the company, Time Sports Illustrated, was under the Time Inc. umbrella. They were slowly but surely assigning their employees to work remotely. Not everybody and not full time, but there were magazines where, or even a part of like the regular staff for the company, they were working from home two days a week. We're talking 2015, 2016, because it was cheaper. Like you mentioned, it, it takes, it requires less space in the job. It requires less money, less, um, you don't have to pay for this. You don't have to pay for that. You don't have to pay for electricity. 
water, all these things. So a lot of companies in this country were already phasing in. Mm -hmm. Phasing it in, yep. Federal government has been phasing it in for years, which, which is why they were able to switch over quickly. Quickly. Yep. As a journalist, I am a journalist by nature. You know, I'm a veteran journalist. Yes, I'm a professor now, but I'm a journalist at heart. And let me tell you, we can do our jobs from home. Mm -hmm. The people right. at the Washingtonian do not need to be in the office to do their job. Most of their offices, most of their work is done on the computer or on the telephone. For reporters, they're out in the field conducting interviews. Yeah, you kind of want to be in the office so you can go over layouts and have that social environment where you can discuss what the product is going to look like. But with all of the technology advancements in technology, you can do that on the screen. Yep. So yep. her whole proposal here makes absolutely no sense. And it flies in the face of what um, corporation, what corporate America was edging toward before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I have, yep. I'm like, who are you fooling? Who are you? If you want to lay off people on your staff, then just lay off people on your staff. Don't yep. create this you know, phantom scenario. And like you said, why would you publish, have an op-ed in the, in the Washington Post, publish where you're like, okay, I'm not really talking about my employees. I'm hypothetically talking about the culture, the work <laughs> culture, which you know you were talking about. about your employees. <laughs> you know you were talking about them. You were giving them the wink, wink. Yeah, you better get your butt into I mean, at least be honest. <laughs> Don't be right. bullshit and I'm with Neo. Like, I, I said this last fall. I said this in the fall because over the summer, Howard was a little late in deciding how they were going to handle the fall 2020 semester. And I said this over the summer. If they, they tried initially said, we're going to do a hybrid, you can come in, or you can, like, I'm not coming in at all. Mm -hmm. And if that is a requirement, see ya. Bye bye. I'm not doing, and this was in the fall. Spring, I had the same mindset. I'm not coming in with these little children that are sniffling and sneezing and kissing each other and all kinds of stuff. No, I'm not doing it. As we move towards the summer, all of my summer classes with New York Times, remote. For the fall for Howard, they're still kind of leaning towards remote. And I'm just like, I think that option needs to be on the table now more than ever mm -hmm. because people may not mentally be prepared. I'm not mentally prepared to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And that's something I need to work on within myself. It's been a year. It's been mm -hmm. a year. I can't just up and start going to work tomorrow. Absolutely. I Listen, ask Mike Winter. I don't even want to meet him outside of my apartment for a drink, let alone get <laughs> on the subway and go to work. So yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. Uh, you can't just force this on people like this. Yeah, there, there are I, there are some psychological issues left over, residual from this pandemic. There's no question. And yeah. despite the successful rollout with the COVID vaccination in the U.S., there are still a great number of Americans who are opposed to receiving the vaccination. You're nowhere near herd immunity rates. We're nowhere near having this conversation yet, Kathy Merrill. So I don't know what the there's still variants out there. There's still yeah. variants that. It, uh, it doesn't work for the vaccine. And, doesn't and work for. Know, exactly, you know, the, the, the vaccine works for a certain strain. We don't these new strains that are popping up here, there in certain pockets of the country of the world. We don't know if Moderna or Pfizer work for those. 
So yeah, there's a lot that goes into this. You cannot just come to the table and be like, okay, this is what it's going to be. Especially not for a a newspaper or a magazine. Give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So question from Olivia. Did she recant or issue an apology? She kind of sort of recanted. Again, she tried to say that, and I, I agree with her on the headline because there were two different headlines. The initial headline um, had her suggesting that this was not only for the nation, but for her employees. Um, she didn't write that headline. Writers of articles do not write headlines. Mm. Editors write headlines. I can tell you that as a, as a former editor, as a former writer for a publication, editors 95% of the time write the headlines. However, she wrote the content of that op-ed. And it fully suggested that she was talking about her employees as well as everyone else. And so she came back and she tried to recant or offer an apology and said, I really wasn't talking about my employees. You guys are more than welcome to take as much time as you want. Uh uh-uh, uh, the damage has been done. You've already played your card, Mama. You've already played your card. <laughs> yeah, Olivia also said the pandemic ain't even over yet. Um, Mike Wolf. Mike Wolf, it's embarrassing that the CEO of a company doesn't know at all the many specific legal doesn't know at all the many specific legal elements that constitute the difference between a staff employee or a contractor. Mike Winnie says, I, she, I, "Go ahead." No, I was just gonna say, I think she kind of does, and that's why she said they would be contractor status because as a staff employee, you cannot be denied benefits if you're working forty hours a week. That's illegal. Yep. That's illegal. That's why she wants to make the shift. Okay, you're no longer a staffer. You know, mm-hmm. you're freelance. We don't have to give you anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when it says, I just love that the employees were like, well, you produced the magazine. If we were so easy to replace, then you do it. Mind yep. you, Metro is not set up wow. at full speed yet. Metro being the subway uh, for Thank the area. Thank you. How are we supposed to get into the office? Come on yeah. now. <laughs> not everyone is vaccinated. Thank People you. can't even get child, child care. Yeah. Um, and you also said Vodka and Jameson killed COVID. I mean. <laughs> Vodka and Jameson. <laughs> All right. So we're calling this truth, lies, or shenanigans. I'm going with lies. Shenanigans. 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 Yeah. A shenanigan lie. Shenanigan lie. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get to our next topic. Truth, lies, shenanigans. All right. Next topic is mine. So, this one actually would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Uh, So, the Daily Beast is reporting school officials in Piedmont, California, put plans in place to have a, quote, support circle for white students. Counseling sessions in the wake of the Derek Chauvin verdict. Superintendent Cheryl Wozniak said it was to discuss how the trial verdict an experience related to the George Floyd murder were impacting the children. On the surface, that kind of makes sense. You know, you want to do, do something with children. Wu Tang is for the children. <laughs> but reports from the students were that the white students were segregated and seemingly treated as though they were somehow the victim. They were victimized. It should be noted that they were all there were also support circles offered for black and BIPOC uh, children. BIPOC is Black and Indigenous 
people of color. So my question to you guys is, regardless of skin color, and this isn't directly related to the article, but regardless of skin color, children are children. They may or may not fully understand everything that's going on and these issues and all they see on TV can be really, really divisive. Um, so the question is this, are these segregated support circles for any of the groups, good or bad, and outside of this dumbass school district attempt, do white children need support counseling to deal with issues of race? And my, I'm going to start with Johnny, actually. I think the issue for me was, I'm glad you clarified that there were uh, black student support groups and BIPOC kids and stuff. Because um, I was going to say, what? why just white students? But the issue for me really was segregating the students. If it's a, an issue of race, why are we not talking about it with the different races? Like, why are we not with the white children talking about it and, and getting their perspectives, them hearing our perspective? That's all organic natural communication that's supposed to be had um in this climate i think that it seems like people keep thinking segregating things or i think last week neil you had something similar where they said um teaching black history would be yeah it was literally last would week. be divisive, be divisive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so they keep they keep doing this weird divisive thing to us um i don't know it, and it's happening young like it's happening in schools and things like that so i don't i think that white kids I'm not white. I don't know. I mean, do but deserve, do I feel like anybody deserves counseling. <laughs> I feel like anybody deserves counseling. But when it comes to race, I, I mean, they're not so. So if you're if you're segregating, say for example, black students, and you say, "Hey, we have these black support circles because, you know, um, George Floyd, his neck. You you watch this, and we want to talk to this group of people, black children or BIPOC children. Then, you know, you have those groups." I mean, they probably did need some sort of counseling or discussions. I, the question, do white people need this? Do white children need the same thing? Specifically children. I want to reiterate children. Do they need, need the same? They deserve, they can have it. I feel like anybody deserves it if they need it. If they, I don't know though. The reason I think I don't know that they, they need it because I don't know necessarily what they're suffering from, but I could, that could just be my own ignorance. I just don't necessarily know why, why they would. That's, that's, that's a fair a, question. That's a, valid, that's a valid point. That's yep. a valid point. And I'm Lizzie, Johnny, if, you know, if, if a child feels that they need, regardless of color, and this is a problem with the adults, the adults are the ones who made this situation what it is. Um, it's, a, it's a poor choice of words. It's bad semantic. And it, it just, it, it adds um, a race layer to an issue where it need not be. Mm -hmm. If there are yeah. white kids in a particular school who feel that they need some type of counseling, someone to talk to, to try to work out the issues that have to deal with race, by all means, make it available. And I say that not just, you know, because they might be feeling white guilt. No. They might be struggling with, again, like a lot of us did, what they saw on TV with George Floyd. They might be struggling with what they have been taught by their racist parents versus mm -hmm. what they feel about race 
and social justice or social injustice, if you will. And so if they feel like they need, you know, to talk to someone to work out with what, work out what's going on in the world, or if they have questions, yeah, of course, offer them counseling. I just don't think it should have been presented. White kids, this counseling is for you. Just make the counseling mm-hmm. available to everybody. That's how you um, phrase. Those are the words, the language that you use. So- if there are students who feel they need to talk to someone, to deal with the trauma that we have seen over the past year regarding race relations, regarding social injustice, we have made counselors available for you. No race, no race was indicated in that statement. That's how you present that. So Not should the black all- and the uh, BIPOC uh, social support circles be eliminated as well? No, no, not at all. So, no. So, what do you mean specific? No, so so I mean so if if, if we're saying don't do the white support circles, are we also saying don't do the black? And the BIPOC circle support circles. What do you mean by support circles? Like a support circle could be the box. No, those are their words. I quoted that one. Um, like a little counseling thing. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean the, the yeah. BSA. Yeah, there needs to be BSAs on predominantly white campuses. Absolutely, BSA meaning Black Student Alliance. Um, even though some of those are a little shady, but we're not going to get into that. However. Um, I don't think we need to be advertising, if you will, race specific for children. Like you said, we're talking about children. I don't think we need to be advertising for children race specific counseling. Race, not in a school. We're talking about in a school. You know, you go outside of the school, you do whatever you want to do. But in a school where there are state rules, where there are regulations, where there is um, a board of education, if you will, that's supposed to protect everyone. I don't think we need to be advertising, you know, race-related counseling. Yeah. Robbie? Like, that's just, that's a little weird. That is very weird. I'm feeling what you um, Yeah. So, Neo, uh, as far as, you know, do they deserve a group? Well, white kids need help, too. Um, especially... <laughs> yeah. Especially if they, as Liz was alluding to, if they are introduced to any racist ideology by their parents, well, they really are in need of help. And from reading your article, I think that the school or the school was trying to target children who felt victimized by the Chauvin verdict, um, who felt like they lost something. So I do see the value in having segregated groups in order to create a safe space for people initially. And I think that that might've been the way to kind of get the conversation going, but it's a way to also separate these kids. It made me kind of think of uh, The Simpsons when Homer gets uh, gets caught by the boat giveaway raffle by the police, where it's like, hey, you know what? I'm here for my boat. And they're like, hey, you've got all these unpaid parking tickets. So. You know, we have to sign up sheet for these kids and say, hey, you know what? I feel like I was really victimized by the Chauvin verdict. Okay, well, you you do need people to talk to, and here's why. Let, let's, let's start with having the conversation and have these people open up, talk about their feelings, and then you have to dismantle it. But you have to have that initial conversation first. Do I think that 
as a long-term solution, having segregated groups to talk about the same issues, right? Absolutely not. That's after the initial shock, after you've worked through some of the really bad shit, then, you know, introduce the group. But there are some people who are ready to have these conversations with anyone. So I think that it's important to have all of these groups being represented, being supported, because there are people who can talk about issues openly, regardless of who's in the room. And there are people who might feel fear of reprisal, that might feel like they're going against their conditioning, their family's values. And that needs to be that needs to be reflected as part of an ongoing rehabilitation, if you will. Just but yeah, get everybody together at the table in order to have these conversations because that's the best way to learn. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But Rob, think about the way you phrased that. You said, you know, do you feel victim do you feel victimized? as a result of, you know, what happened with George Floyd. And they do legitimately might be. Never once did you mention race in that. Like, there's a way that you can promote this to get people the help that they need without mentioning race, without making it race exclusive. And I think that's where the error occurred. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think Gianni's point was, was exceptionally valid, where you need to be able to have a conversation with each other. You know, if you're in these segregated groups and you're talking about, you know, you have a bunch of white kids together talking about, oh, I felt horrible. And they get into like, you know, you know, complaining about Chauvin and they start to have some solidarity about Chauvin. It divides them. Then if you do the same thing with black children and you start talking about, hey, George Floyd, George Floyd. And, you know, and then they start to have these bad feelings or these feelings and they're getting that information out and the white kids are not hearing this or experiencing that, then they become divided and they, they become on different pages. You know what I'm saying? They're not, they're not reading from the same book anymore. So, you right. know, they're, reading, they're, they're in, a, they're in a, a book club reading from two different books. And they're like, okay, when they get back together, they're like, oh, no. And then they start to have these separate groups within the school. And I mean, yeah. it's the wrong way to do it. It should always be a together thing, as far as I'm concerned. It should always be together thing um and do white kids need help they need help i mean they're dealing with there's a lot of shit going on right now there's a lot of shit to deal with and children are struggling to unpack all of this white kids brown kids yellow kids whatever it's not even about race it's just their kids their kids <laughs> yeah you know it's a lot to unpack it's a lot to deal with and and this is where we're able to you know figure things out you know, and you do it together. You got to do it together. So, I just think we need to kind of, again, there's a difference, I think, between promoting counseling and promoting groups. And yes. I don't think that we should tell a group that is specific towards Native Americans that they need to include everybody else in their group. Right. That if it's a group that's specific towards black folks or Jewish kids, that they need to include everybody in their group. I think that should be allowed. But as we are promoting helping people, then, yeah, it, 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 there should be no color. There should be no emphasis in how you are trying to promote yourself to help people on what race you have to be yeah. to get this type of thing. A school supported group shouldn't happen like that. I mean, like I say, if it's, a, if it's individuals creating their own groups, sure. If children get together and they want to create their own groups, let them do that. But 
School supported in no way. All right. Olivia, they should not be segregated by race. Uh, Jacqueline Robinson, the way it was worded, it's as if white children were traumatized because Chauvin was convicted. Right. Mm-hmm. The way it was worded. That's the way they put it out there, actually. Um, yeah. And um, let's see, Mike Winter had a couple of points. Um, white, uh, he says uh, it's illegal, by the way. And then he said, final point on this issue, Wilson the D.C. public school addressed this problem over 30 years ago by open by talking about race openly. Totally agree, and I recall those. Um, let's see, you do not need to separate them by race to create a safe space. You need a good facilitator, be a good teacher and facilitator. Yeah. Um, and then Jeanette Brown said, I mean, I said Jeanette Brown and I had the same 30 plus years training. So, sounds like, uh, is this, so what are we calling this one? Truth, lies, and shenanigans. I'm calling this definitely shenanigans. Shenanigans. I'm giving it truth. Shenanigans. It's adults behaving badly again. It's adults behaving badly again. <laughs> All right. That concludes our topics for today. Shenanigans. Those are deep. Those are deep. A couple of good Mother's Day ones. Well, not good, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, related. <laughs> related. We probably should have thought that out a little better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into some shenanigans with our game show. <laughs> All right. In honor of Lizzie's daily series on our Facebook and Twitter pages called Morning Would You. Those are some funny things, by the way. You got to check them out at TLS Live Show. Joe, because I play off of Morning Wood. You guys know what Morning Wood is? No, 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 Liz. Can you explain? Can you explain? (laughs) We we, we, we don't have any idea. I've never heard of that before. (laughs) Morning Wood, Jeff. Can can you explain? What's what's a Morning Wood? I don't don't know that. I can't because I ain't got no wood. So, no. All right, real simple. We're using the app called Would You Rather. Uh, the app will give us two options. You decide which you'd rather do. The app will tell us most the most popular answer. If you match the most popular answer, you get a point. Person with the most point wins the game or gets our coveted final thought of the day. All right, so unfortunately, I know most of these answers, so I am not participating with you guys, so you guys have fun. Would you rather lose all of your money or lose all of the pictures you have ever taken. All your money and valuables. Would you rather lose all your money and valuables or all of the pictures you've ever taken? I'd rather lose my money. I can really? do that. All your money and valuables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Everything I value? It says money and valuables. So I guess your jewelry and your... Oh. So basically your phone gets deleted. <laughs> Um, or your your photo albums are gone. What do you guys say? I don't want my photo albums to be gone. I need those right. pictures. They're sentimental. So you go and lose all of your. Okay. What about the rest of you? We'll come back. So, so in the first one, because it's, it includes valuables, that includes pictures. So in the first one, you're losing everything. You're losing your money okay. and your pictures, and all of that stuff. Um, so I'm just going to say lose meant- all pictures taken because I have a good memory. You know, I have a good memory. So, and someone else might have those pictures. It said I would. Exactly. Didn't say that they would be, you know, 
Oh, All right, let's see what the app says. So everybody's right agreeing. I'm with Liz. Lose, everybody's lose, going lose purple. All lose all the pictures. All right, let's go. That is that is correct. That's the right <laughs> answer. All right. Good job. All right. Everybody gets a point. All right. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or be able to see 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself? My own future. I don't care about other people. Yeah, I would want to see my own future. Yeah, I'd rather see my own future too. We're going with that. All right. Yeah, that is correct. That is, I guess, pretty obvious. More useful because it's only ten minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, indirectly, you would be you would be experiencing other people's futures also because if it's going to be happening around you within the next ten minutes, like, hey, you know what? Let me get that from the cupboard for but you. But you might be experiencing you your know. own future if you're looking through <laughs> other people's futures. I don't want to look at right. that. I agree. I'd rather do my own. All right. So would you rather be famous when you're alive and forgotten when you die or be completely unknown when you're alive but famous after you're dead? Wait, what? Famous would you rather be famous alive? while you're here and alive and then no, completely unknown. forgotten? I know when I'm alive. I know when you're alive. I want to enjoy it while I'm alive. I'm I'm with you. I'm with Rob B on that. What are you going with, Jan? Yeah, because when I'm dead, I mean, you could forget me. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. So Lizzie wants to be unknown, and the rest of you are going with fame. Y'all know what comes with fame. Y'all know what comes with fame. All right, let's see what the answer is. Oh, whoops, I got to pick the answer first. All right. Ah, that Lizzie does not get a point. All right. <laughs> that None is, of y'all better complain be about famous when you're alive is the correct answer. All right. Don't complain <laughs> about That puts Gianni and Robbie in the lead. One point in the lead. All right. Would you rather go to jail for four years for something you did not do or get, get away, away with, with something it. horrible you get did but always fear and, they live in fear of being I caught? Jail. I cannot go um, to jail. Get away with it. I can. I would hate deal. to always look over my shoulder, though. I know the right that answer. Would be so I can't answer this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with Liz. Too petite for prisons. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get away with it too. I don't care. But the answer is. Go to jail for four years for something you didn't yeah. do. That's bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how they came up with that answer. I think they pulled Catholics because Catholics have that innate guilt. I'll do four years. It's fine. Dude, I'm going to get away and be in fear the rest of my life. I don't care. HBO, have you seen Oz on HBO? Y'all need to watch that. Ah, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. All right. Next one. All right. So, all right, right now, Gianni and Robbie are in the lead. Let's see. This is, we got two more. So, let's see if Lizzie can catch up here. Would you rather accidentally be responsible for the death of a child or accidentally be responsible for the death of three adults? My <sighs> God, these are horrible questions. Yeah, that's, um, that's ha- ha- Happy that's Mother's not. Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what Sophie's going. choice. Which can you take? Never. I'm going with accidentally death of a child. What? Okay. I, I only want one death on my conscience. One death. Johnny? I'm going to choose the three adults only because it's, it's like taking 
it's too innocent for me. It's too pure. Like a yeah. child, like I'm with Johnny. Those, me and Johnny. They can be line. criminal adults. I don't know like, the answer to this like, question. Shit, it could be a demon child. Have you seen the omens? <laughs> demon child. <laughs> <It could> be Damien. <laughs> All right, so this answer will okay. So we got a little mix. So we'll see who takes the lead on this one. Let's see. The answer is oh, I gotta make a choice. I forgot. All right, the answer is be res- actually gonna be responsible for a child. A child. Oh, so shoot. Gianni, Gianni takes the and, lead. All right. And remember, in certain parts of the country, an adult is eighteen. Which you know, some people still consider consider a child, but yeah, that is you right. know. Oh wait, so okay, so actually responsible for three adults. Yeah, actually responsible. All right. So no, Lizzie took the lead, right? So Lizzie got it right. Yeah, Lizzie got it right. Lizzie and Rob B. All right, so Lizzie. And Rob, so that puts, sorry, yeah. All right, so that puts Rob B in the in the main in the lead. Lizzie's one yeah. point behind. Yep. All right. So this is it. This is the last one. We'll see if anybody can catch up. All right, would you rather your shirts be always two sizes too big or your shirts always be one size too small? This is, I'm too skipping big. this. I got, I got too big. Everybody's going to say too big. I'm skipping this. I'm skipping. This isn't a good answer. This isn't a good question. I'm skipping this. You got to end on something better than that. Lisa got to breathe. All right. So would you rather live in the wilderness far from civilization or live on the streets of a city as a homeless person? This is a good question. In the wilderness? Ass. Do I have a house in the wilderness? <laughs> or am I homeless? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Would you rather live in the wilderness far from civilization? That's a good point, um, Gianni. I'm going to choose the wilderness because it, it, it isn't very specific. I can have a nice little yeah. cabin in the wilderness, be chilling, fishing every right. day. So, wilderness. I love that. You're going with wilderness? I choose wilderness too. Yeah, he's going yeah. with wilderness. I know where Robbie's from. <laughs> City homeless people eat out of the <laughs> 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 All right, let's see. Oh, the answer is wilderness. Wilderness. Ding, ding, ding. ding. So that that makes Robbie the winner of our game. Robbie, I, I think Robbie took the uh, strategic tactic. <laughs> Just pick what you guys picked. <laughs> <laughs> like I guarantee to win now. <laughs> All right. All right, I wish I had. That's sneaky. That was just my answer. <laughs> sure, Rob. Sure. I knew. I knew Rob would choose the wilderness. He seems like he likes outdoors. <laughs> All right. What are our shout-outs today? Let's start with Let's start with Gianni today. Um, shout out to all the mothers once again. Happy Mother's Day to you. Um, Mother's Day is every day, and thank you guys. Um, not you guys. I I gotta stop saying that. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, hopefully you guys tune in on Wednesday with Olympic. All right, Robbie. Uh, special shout out to my daughter Erica, who's starting her second semester of school tomorrow. And that's also coinciding with my granddaughter Annabella's birthday tomorrow. So Annie turns four. Wow, a lot of birthdays. I know. How big is your family, Robbie? Yeah, Rob has a I think you have birthdays like every week. (laughs) My mom's the youngest of 13 kids. My dad's the youngest of nine. So a lot of cousins. That's why. And very, exactly. And in that, on that note, a special shout out to all of my aunts and cousins who played a strong maternal role in my life. So thank you for being those positive influences in my life. All right. Love that. Uh, Lizzie? Shout out to 
to Versus for taking me back Versus. to my college years. Last night, the battle was between SWV and Escape. I could not have been happier, even though SWV was on some shit that first half. Not singing <laughs> down. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed all of the ladies. They look beautiful. So thank you once again, Versus, for taking me back. Thank you for taking me back. All right. And my shout out today is to my wonderful mother-in-law, my lovely wife, and to all the mothers, mother figures, people striving for motherhood, or if you just feel like a mother, shout out to you. And our final pet shenanigans, shout out. Ooh. Winner of the week is Mel B, who submitted these gorgeous mini burner doodles. Oh. Yep. These are my pups. Lying on the floor back to back with the caption, I've got your back. Apparently you guys really like this one, so appreciate all the likes in our TLS pet shenanigans. So just to let you know, make sure you join our TLS pet shenanigans Facebook group and post your pics and videos of your favorite furry or not so furry friend. The photo with the most likes and comments gets a TLS shout out every single week. Hey, if you want a shout out, Get on our whole social media pages, and we may just shout you out live. All right. That closes out our show. So another great show. I'd like to thank all of you guys for joining us. We hope that maybe you learned something, you gained a new perspective, got some things off your chest, any of those things. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe at TLS Live Show tomorrow. Check out YouTube clips for your favorite moments on the show, tlsshow.com, and search Truth Live Shenanigans. We'll be posting those clips throughout the week. Our next live show is on Sunday, next week, May 16th, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, same time. We have a special guest, Mayowa Adagoke. She's an award-winning TV show host and and journalist. She's joining our show to tell us about her amazing experience as an international correspondent. And this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Gianni Storm and Olivia E. will be going unscripted once again, streaming out their Instagram Live, so you can still join in the show at TLS Live Show. And our winner, final thoughts, Mr. Robbie Rock. It, It takes an entire village to raise a child. So stop and think about that one because there have definitely been some strong women in your community who have chosen not to have children of their own, may not be able to have children of their own. Reach out to these strong women today. Think of these strong maternal figures that played a role in just influencing you as a person. Reach out to them today and wish them a happy Mother's Day. Love that, Robbie. Love that. Thank you, Gianni, Rob, Lizzie, and the people behind the scenes, Jose, Olivia E. And most importantly, we want to thank you for joining us. We will see you all next time.